there is no coincidence for us to preach through uh, uh, Samuel's, uh, First Samuel, Second Samuel, and particularly tonight to, to share this message that uh, from uh, the second chapter of Second Samuel. Uh, on a day like this, uh, Resurrection Day, a day where we celebrate the resurrection, resurrection of Jesus. Uh, uh, chapter 2 uh, of First Samuel um, is an account of David uh, ascending to, uh, to the leadership in Israel after the death of King Saul. Because Saul was not faithful and he didn't honor God, and he failed to, um, to, to trust God and to follow him. Uh, so the Lord really removed him from, uh, from, from the, this position. Uh, and, and, and because of his uh, unfaithfulness, uh, he, 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 he died. And so today we, we have this uh, account of David becoming the king of Israel. I want to start by saying this. God really establishes his kingdom. God establishes his kingdom, and he establishes his kingdom through a committed people who, who, who uh, respond to, uh, to his calling. Uh, so this is how God works through history. Those who would uh, discern uh, the hand of God and the voice of God for their lives and, and would give themselves to him. And we have seen this in, in, in Moses. Moses himself was not somebody. He was nobody at all. And when God took hold of him and God used him uh, to bring out his own people, to establish a name for himself and a kingdom that went on and culminated on the cross of Calvary, Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of all that God began. And we see this here. This is more people who are loyal to the, to, to the things of God. They stayed closely with, with David. David, even as he was running for his life, in, 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 toward the end of 1 of, 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 of Samuel. So there were 600 people who were committed to him. And so these people, they recognized in David the true leaders of God's people. And they saw him, how he was dealing. Uh, and also, even in his failures, he never failed to return back to God. And I think today, what will differentiate between uh, uh, Christians and people who call themselves uh, followers of Christ is their readiness ta again and again to, to, to rise to the occasion. To rise when they recognize their failures, when they recognize that they are just about to abandon God's plans, when they recognize that the, 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 the world is enticing them, they make a stance. First of all, with themselves, and ask the Lord to search them if there is any wicked way in me, lead me in the way eternal. For we can never and we will never be able to fulfill God's plans here on earth if we are not doing what I have just said. If we are not really sitting back. Even when things are bad, when you have no power and strength, and we have seen this, Salah Amalakos, isn't it, I talked about the other day, when things were so bad for David and about to be wiped out, God has stepped in. So tonight, David himself is coming 
to, uh, to uh, he was in God's will, but now he is just emerging to, uh, to act as the leader of, his, of God's people. So now we read that when the Bible says, in the course of time. So this is a, an idiom in Hebrew language, just like to move from history to history in the course of time. Uh, so uh, uh, David inquired of the Lord, shall I go up to one of the towns of Judah? He asked, because he was in the desert. He was, he was not in cities. He was not ruling. He was just hiding from Saul. And so now he is ask, asking the Lord, where do you want me to go? And this is a very important question for us. Why? It is a very important question for every single question. Where sh- do you want me to go? Where shall I go? Perhaps for you, it might not make any sense, <laughs> especially those who have not uh, moved places, <laughs> you see, or who have not moved jobs, you see. So, so maybe it's not relevant. But for people, net, let alone not just leaving jobs, leaving countries, which country shall I go? You see, I know for refugees, so, uh, so you, you, you sleep in one place and on a move, and you don't know where to go next, you see. And then you pray, Lord, where you take us to a safer place. And you might have in your mind many places of safety. You see? But there is a one place for you that God has ordained for you to go. And for David, it was very important for him to ask the Lord, which he, he inquired, oh, shall I go up to one of the towns of Judah? Because he knew that in Judah, the kings that comes from Judah tribes, must stay in the capitals of Judah. This is the core group that God is going to use to establish his kingship over the whole Israel. After all, Jesus, the son of David, we read in the Bible. So David had to ask, where are you, O Lord, are going to establish your kingdom? Where specifically, where you are going to prosper the one you have anointed for your own people? So he needed a place to go, a place where God himself will show him. Because after all, it's God himself who will establish him as a king over Israel. So he needed that. He needed the ones he represents to guide him and to lead him. And I think it is right for us also. If we want to honor God, we need to ask him a series of questions all the time. What do you want me to do? Where shall I do this? Because there you need some ingredients. You need, you need things in order to, to do what God wants you to do. You need people. Who will stand with you to do what God wants you to do? For David, he needed, plus his core group, he needed a people in Judah who will join him in his kingship. A people who will recognize God's plans in David. People who will love him so much. And now the Lord said to him, go up. And then also he wanted to be sure where in Judah, because there are many towns, where shall I go 
to Hebron. So he was given the name of the place. God is very specific. Go to Hebron. I remember many years ago when I was doing my master's at Monash, and so uh, we were doing presentations, and then I was just giving, they were asking me a lot of questions, and then the students really, they, they, I think, deflected a little bit. They asked me, why did you come to Australia? <laughs> they asked me a question. Why did you come to Australia? So I couldn't find any words. Uh, and answer, I said, by providence, by the providence. <laughs> that was what I said. So providence is a, is a, is a very uh, hard terminology. But anyway, I understood what, what this means. That is like what God has used. God has used events, and so to bring me uh, to this country, uh, it was His plans. And so uh, I was going to go to join my family, larger family in in USA. And then before uh, two months before that, they changed all the rules and and all the visas. So I went to uh, to uh, I came to Australia. Also, I was going to go to Canada, and so I was applying for a visa in 1996. And also, where I was going to go to Alberta. And that is uh, in, in Calgary, uh, Medicine Hat College. And again, I was, after everything, just an, an Egyptian lady just denied me a visa to, to, to Canada. And just a few months later, and then the Lord just touched me. And so I forgot altogether about going anywhere. So I realized that the Lord wanted me in that place. So David was told to go to Hebron. So David went up there with his two wives. Ahia Noam of Jezreel and Abigail, the widow at Nabal of Carmel. I want to pause here because the word of God cannot bring just, cannot mention something without significance. Maybe these two wives to us, maybe we want to run over it quickly because it sounds like polygamy and it's very African, isn't it? But the Lord God himself in the Bible, the Bible is a, a book that reveals everything. God does not respect anyone. He reveals people's failures and people's strength so that we learn from the, the histories so we don't repeat the same things. That is what is happening. Maybe for Ahinoam of Jezreel, she, she is mentioned only in the Bible in this place. What is that saying? She is Nobody. Not an important person. And yet now she's married to the king of Israel. You see, this alone is enough. God says that he cares. Everyone is important to him. And now, annexed to, to her, Abigail, that is so famous in the Bible, because uh, she came to prominence uh, through an incident. That this incident also speaks volumes of of, of what God is wanting to say to us. And I want to share it with us tonight. You remember, I, I just, I was thinking when I was looking at chapter 25, where were I when we were pushing <laughs> through chapter 25? So because of the love, I think I was on leave or maybe, I, I just don't know. Because Nabal and Abigail, they were married. But Nabal, uh, Nabal he was a very wealthy man so we read that in first samuel chapter 25 please i don't want to dwell a lot on this but maybe let us spend like three minutes four minutes reading chapter 25 
some verses. Verse 5, I mean, yeah, let me, let me go back to verse 1 of chapter 25. Now Samuel died, and all Israel assembled and mourned for him, and they buried him at his home in Ramah. Then David moved down into the desert of Maon. That is where he was going to come to Hebron. A certain man in Maon who had property there at Carmel was very wealthy. He had a thousand goods and three thousand sheep, which he was shearing in Carmel. His name was Nabal, and his wife's name was Abigail. She was an intelligent and a beautiful woman, but her husband, a Calabite, was surely a mean in his dealings. While David was in the desert, he heard that Nabal was shearing sheep. So he sent ten young men and said to them, Go up to Nabal at Carmel and greet him in my name. Say to him, Long, live, long life to you, good health to you and your house. And your household and good health to all what is yours. Now I hear that it's, it is sheep shearing time. When your shepherds were with us, we did not mistreat them. And the whole time they were at Carmel, nothing of this was missing. As your own servants, and they will tell you. Therefore, be favorable towards my young men, since we come at a festive time. Please give your servant and your son David whatever you can find for them. When David's men arrived, they gave Nabal this message in David's name. Then they waited. Nabal answered David's servants, Who is this David? Who is this son of, of Jesse? Many servants are breaking away from their masters these days. Why should I take my bread and water and the meat I have slaughtered for my shearers and give it to men coming from who knows where? David's men turned around and went back. When they arrived, they reported every word. David said to men, put on your swords. So they put on their swords and David put on his. About 400 men went up with David while 200 stayed with them with the supplies. One of the servants of, of Nabal's wife, Abigail, David sends messengers from the desert to give our master his greetings. But he hurled insult at him, at them. Yet these men were very good to us. They did not mistreat us. And the whole time we were out in the fields near them, nothing was missing. Night and day, they were a wall around us all the time. We were herding our sheep near them. Now think it over and see what you can do. Because disasters hanging over our master and his whole household he is such a wicked man that no one can talk, can talk to him. And we know the history. This man died and his wife came to be uh, uh, David's wife. Well, what I want to share with this is the name of this woman was brought here because Nabal, her husband, didn't show any kindness because David really addressed him well. Even called himself a son to this man. Obviously, he's an elderly man. 
And yet he didn't recognize God's hands in David. Because David really dealt with integrity. And so the history is put here. So David is trustworthy to be a king. He's worthy to be a king. Because uh, he, he didn't encroach on other people's properties. And, and, and now he is coming to be the leaders of the people of God. And so this woman became his wife because it's referring back to the incidents when uh, 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 this man who was so wicked didn't recognize in David really the true leaders of God's people. And he acted so badly. So not only this, also the men of Judah came to Hebron and there they anointed David king over the house of Judah. So David needed these men to be the core group that from there he will start to, uh, to rule uh, the house of God. But here we need to uh, remember that he is only reigning in Judah. And then in chapter 5 it's mentioned that he is going to be uh, the leader over, over the whole Israel. But he needed to start like this. He needed to start with the core group. He needed to start with a group that will be close to him. And also a group that will, uh, can trust him. A group that he can also trust. And I think before we get into bigger things, we need the foundation all the time. We need the foundation. And I think this has, is related uh, to, to, uh, to, to what we are told even in, in, in Hebrew here. Like, uh, God is not unjust. Because David himself was, was, was just. And God is going to be just to him. But this man didn't recognize that uh, in, doing, in doing good, God will reward him. Because now he was blessed, but he refused God's blessings. Just the anointed of God blessing him. It's just it's no short of, it's not less than God himself trying to bless this man. Nabal, and then he refused God's blessings. He rejected God's blessings. And he, he refused to do good when it was in his power to do that. He got all the wealth. This money are not his. His wealth, this wealth are not his, are from God. He is living within the people of God. And also, he didn't know he was living at the mercy of others also. Just David told him that, when your men and your cattle and your properties were at our hand, we could just come with a mighty power and grab everything we want. We didn't do that because they fear God and they knew that God will care for them. But this man, he, he, he didn't. He didn't even, he had no fear of God in his life. He had no love for God's people. Even he was not aware that his security lies somewhere else. This is a place and, and now this man, David, is becoming a king at a time where Philistines were at their power, most, at their, at, their, at their top of their power. And so he was not recognizing this, that he needed someone like David, a, a military man, a king over God's people to protect them from their enemies. He didn't show any love. He didn't show any help to God's people. Because in verse 10 of chapter 6 of Hebrews, God is not unjust. He will not forget your work 
and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. The writer of Hebrews is addressing Christians. Failure to do good really is an invitation for corruption, an invitation for disasters. It's particularly if you are God's people. Because God is good. I think Arnest was saying, sharing that with us. God is good. And I was going to say all the time. All the time, God is good. So God is good. And his goodness endures forever. Those who recognize that all that they have is from God. And are willing to do whatever the Lord would want them to do. Because this man, David, he was just approaching this man because he knew he is one of God's people. And his wealth should be at the disposal of God's people. But this man, he thought his security lies with his wealth. And so he acted in ungodly manner. And calling the anointed of God as someone who is coming from nowhere. And also even like trying to insult to say these times, because he recognized that God has promised that he will establish the house of David. And now he's saying, no, God's was not true and God is not going to, to do that. And he's trying to stand against that. And also he, 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 he was told even like, now I'm, I'm, I'm really the leaders of God's people. I have the anointing from God and I have everything that I need to continue to do this. I think there are lessons for us there. As I just said, we need to, to be careful with the things that God gave us. Uh, there are gods from gods, and God wants us to use them for your glory, for his glory. We live in a world that teaches us really things that are very difficult to reconcile with faith, isn't it? And now we try, really, we are trying hard to have revivals. Until we throw everything through the window and we stay empty and waiting on God. And then we can begin to see God's moving and touching our lives. So I say to my friend Michael Jensen the other day, I see revival is very far. And we need to deal with things in our hearts. We need to deal with things. We need actually to break away with the security that we have. We are too secure to the point that today... If you try, I was just sharing with Isaac shortly later. If you try to do something, you will be asked questions that are pre, pre <laughs> written down. So, have you raised up your children? Have, you, uh, have they finished their school? So, uh, so, so, where are you going? They ask lots of questions. If, you, if you, they don't like your answers, they say, we have nothing to do with you. There might be wisdom there. But how about if the greater wisdom is from God? David was angry. He was angry not because of himself, but he could see this man, he, he acted against God. And David here is representing God. God will be angry when someone acts in this way. That is my, the other thing I want to say.
Yeah, David's men will be with him and will fight battles with him later on. But two things I want to leave with you. It's like this, this man, uh, Abigail, mentioned here, it speaks volume because it just brings forth uh, to us again, again, repeating to us how uh, this man acted so uh, uh, unrighteously. And, and, so, and so we see uh, uh, the result, the result with those who will uh, act against God, even the things that were for their blessing will be taken away from them, even his wife. He lost his life. He lost his wife. And now David also, he called his people, the, the men of Judah. They came to Hebron, and there they anointed David king over the house of Judah. They gave him the right hand of fellowship. David was anointed in chapter 16 of First Samuel. But these people, they recognized in him a leader, and they pledged their support for him. That is what the anointing here means. Is here they are just confirming the fact that this has been anointed, this is the anointed of God, and now we are, you are our king, they have accepted him. And that is going to open way, the way for others. And now David establishing his kingdom by blessings and remembering those who have acted faithfully. Uh, people who buried Saul, he called, he blessed them. The Lord bless you for showing the kindness to Saul, your master by burying him. So now David has just started blessings. And he said, the Lord bless you. May the Lord now show you kindness and faithfulness. And I too will show you the same favor. I will show you the same favor as a king. The king will have a lot of wealth. The king will have a lot of powers. And anything that will just happen to these people, he will be out for their defense. That is what God's do. So God really rewards righteousness, but it punishes disobedience. We may say that righteousness does not pay because if being a righteous man that I don't have to have the good things because I'm righteous. No, but here God himself, he will not forget the faithfulness of his own people. Even if the blessings seem to be tiring and just delayed, if you have acted that is why the Bible said, Blessed is the man who has looked upon a poor person. At his sick bed, the Lord will raise him up. And the true religion of James talks about is this. We read of this in chapter, chapter 1 of James, verse 19. It said this, My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to come angry. For a man's anger does not bring God righteousness. And then he went on in chapter, in verse 26, if anyone consider himself religious or godly, and yet does not keep a tight rein on his tongue, he deceives himself, and his religion is worthless. Religion that God's our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans, and widows in their distress, and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. So these things God honors, isn't it? So David now is moving to bless those who have shown kindness to Saul, giving us an example. And now he is urging his followers 
to be strong and to be brave, all of them, that because they are going to face wars ahead. So the God's battles are not finished. So we expect ourselves to be engaged in spiritual wars until Jesus returns because that is what he has ordained for us. But tonight, all that I want you to take away from this place is the fact that as a leader, you need people to help you do what you want to do. You cannot do it on your own. And also you need to make sure that the people recognize in you God's hand, to recognize God's calling, and also that you are a person of integrity, like David, who didn't just take everything because he was a man in great position. So he dealt with people gently, and he didn't take anything for himself. And also he was a man under God, and that he was confident enough to bless people, to bless people. So he is aware of the fact that if he calls upon the name of his God, God can bless the people he blesses. That is why we say, bless you, bless you. You seem to be powerless, but as a man of God and as a woman of God, this is powerful. And through that blessings of others, and then really, truly, people can be blessed. That is why we are warned not to curse people, because we have power also to curse. And that is why one of the things that I have learned over years is when I have dispute with people, yeah, I, I train myself and I pray not really to wish them anything bad. Not to wish them anything bad because this can happen. And we as God's people, we need to do the same. We shouldn't even come near to mention anything bad to happen to people, even in their rebellious that was what happened with, with, with Saul. David didn't say, may this man dies. He never, he never said that. He didn't wish him anything bad. But unfortunately, we live through days today. People would just pronounce, they say, if you do this, something bad will happen to you. I think we, even if someone did something wrong, we should be praying. And saying that nothing wrong happened to this person. For after all, we fall in God's hand. And we rise in God's hand as well. We are God's servants. And we can never claim to get it right all the time, isn't it? But we all, the only things we do is to humble ourselves. So we learn a great deal from David. And we see how he's handling himself as a man of God. And we should also follow in his footsteps. Shall we pray?